All right, this is the Yay. I'm Reg Clay. I'm Craig Dickerson. And this is the Yay. We're talking about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay, yay. <laughs> All righty, and I have a fantastic guest, Kathy Ferber. How are you, Kathy? I am well, Reg. <laughs> Happy birthday to you, a little belated birthday. Oh, thank you. Yeah, belated, belated birthday. I've crossed the 5 0 threshold. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Did you hear the sound? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, but hey, I feel healthy and um, I'm, you know, enjoying life and and all that stuff. And Kathy, you and I, we're sharing the stage. We're doing um, women on the verge of a nervous breakdown. We're having a lot of fun. That is absolutely true. Solid opening yeah. night. You guys are great. Yeah, you had a great opening. Yeah, yeah that was, that was we, fun. And we we get to have a lot of fun in the second act. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> nice scene together. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, Kathy, you are an actress. You are a singer. Is there anything else? Like, I don't know if you write or if you do anything else. Well, actually, my whole world has been for the last 35 years working in the nonprofit world. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that's your day job. That's my day job. Okay. Yes, yes. Uh, I taught at Cal State East Bay for uh, 30 years uh-huh. <laughs> in the nonprofit management certificate program. I see. And uh, I've worked as a consultant to very many <laughs> nonprofits over the yeah. years. Yeah. And we'll get into an origin story. Um, but as far as arts wise, I mean, you, so you're an actor, you're a singer. Did you dance or do you dance? Uh, I took dance lessons, but that is not my primary <laughs> talent. No. <laughs> and, you're, and you're not a writer. You, have you ever written any plays? I've never written any plays. No. Okay. No. I, I come from a performing family, and uh, that's what I do. And Fantastic. Yeah. And we'll learn more about that. I usually begin every podcast. Now, Norman, is, he's busy. He's doing, uh, he's doing a teaching at the unique Eugene O'Neill. Um, there's like a campsite where oh, they do. Oh, where is that happening? There's a thing called the Eugene O'Neill House, okay. which is like a barn. Right. And it's in um, farmland somewhere in California where – Somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're somewhere in California. Somewhere though. in California. Okay. Right. But uh, they uh, they teach kids. It's like a summer course. Nice. Where they teach kids um, uh, theater. I think um, – I think Shakespeare. But in any case, he does this every summer, so that's where he is right now. So my guest is Craig Dickerson, and we've had Greg on. Glad to be here. uh, Doing doing the A. And usually I ask Norman every week, how was your week? Craig, how was your week? Not bad. Not bad. It's been a crazy week, uh, work-wise and so forth. And, of course, in the world. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of affecting everyone. Uh, Neptune's in retrograde. Mercury's getting ready to fall into retrograde. So... Don't make any big decisions, anybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, life is going to be upside down, and I plan for it. I yeah. Plan, I don't know if you've already seen it, but people are acting weird. Well, well, yeah, yeah. Um, now, a it's lot all in the stars. Aside <laughs> from being on stage, you you are a wine connoisseur. You you sell wine. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I do all day. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm sorry, it's a bad thing. It's well, I mean, it's a fine. It's, it's, it's in duration. It's, it's a hard, hard, difficult life. Yeah, I have. yeah. <laughs> How have you guys been handling the heat? It's been very crazy weather. You know, it's been a heat wave earlier in this week, it's and now I've got my sweater on. So, yes. how are you handling it, Kathy? Yes, yes. Well, it. it I live out in uh, in Contra Costa, and it was up in the hundreds. Oh so, yeah. So uh, mm-hmm. we were really, really hot. And I talked to Susan Evans, and she said. Uh, Poor kids working at the theater where we're playing is—it was just terrible. We just have to deal with the lights coming yeah. on and heating everything up again. Yeah, and air conditioning not working. Oh, are you serious? Like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a power <coughs> outage. We had a lot of power outages. Really? Yes. This past week. Huh? Reminded me of the days of Enron. Remember when they, <laughs> they had oh those power grids? That's right. Now, for folks who don't remember, in the 2000s and the aughts, and that was what got Gray Davis uh, kicked out of the governorship because. Is that right? 
you know, we deregulated the energy um, industry or whatever. You know, we basically said, hey, we want to, you know, not just pay electricity electricity to one unit. unit. We want to decide who we wanted to pay to. So energy was deregulated, and Enron took over, and we started, you know, getting brownouts and and all of that stuff. Well, now, they're, now they're doing it on purpose, aren't they? Well, they were. <laughs> well, I mean, now again, they're doing it on purpose because of the fires? Well, yeah, I guess because of the fires. But, yeah. uh, you know, of course, back in the aughts, it was basically all about money, and mm. people blamed Gray Davis for it, and then there was a special election, and then that's how Arnold Schwarzenegger got in. It was really, really crazy. It was oh. a crazy, Lovely crazy time. time. It Lovely was. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I guess so the uh, weather's doing good. And uh, so let's jump to some current events. So there have been some... Um, current events, let me jump into here. Of course, I've got another blurb here now. Um, lesbian couple beaten in homophobic attack in London. Did you guys hear about that? I just read about it in today's paper. Yeah, it's very sad. That. You didn't hear about no, this, no, Greg? No, no, this, What's going on? So in London, apparently um, these guys, these hooligans, surrounded a, uh, a lesbian couple, two women, and they said, ooh, you guys are lesbian. And uh, the guy and the ladies were like, "Well, yes." And what's it to you? They're like, "Well, let's see you kiss." And of what? course, they didn't. And they just beat the the ladies up. And the four Where of them were arrested. World coming to? Yeah. yeah, it was in London. It was really, really horrible. Um, it's it's amazing. We're in Pride Month, but you would think that there would be less homophobic behavior. But you know, there are a lot of people who, for whatever reason, they feel compelled to show, you know, their their ugly colors. It's more of this kind of like you know, alt right stuff. Happening, or are we just hearing about it more? I don't know. It's strange. I mean, what do you think, Kathy? Well, you know, I'm aware that uh, all over the world now we're seeing more of a resurgence of uh, nationalism uh, and also the skinheads and that kind of behavior, and it's it's very disturbing, very threatening. And in England, it's it's happening. Uh, In Austria, once again, you know, about. Uh, they're saying one fifth of the population is really going strong on this kind of nationalism and, you know, forgiving the Nazis and so forth. Yeah, and, uh, or denying them. Or denying them, <laughs> yeah, or really just crazy. Or uh, just you know feeling <coughs> like America is just beating up on yeah. them and, and telling. And media, they're using that that old kind of like, well, it's the media. It's that you know, yeah. it's that liberal media. Yeah. But, yeah. I, but I do wonder if it's a, a fear of. Of immigrants coming into a, a country, whether it be a United States or England or, or other countries. Oh yes, there's a lot of xenophobia going yeah. on, and uh, it, it, it continues and it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, and Kathy, you know, you've—I'm sure you've seen uh, this, you know, around a lot. Uh, you know, like uh, I guess in the 50s or the 60s, you know, just unrest. Like I had asked another individual who. Have been around. Ha, are you a native of California? Have you? I am a native of California, but uh, my father was from Texas. Oh wow! And Craig is from Texas. Yes. Where in Texas was he from? Fort Worth. That's where I'm from. Yo, really, Cowtown. Yeah, that's where I'm from. Small. Born, born and raised. Well, my father was born and raised Alston Avenue. Yeah, yeah. All right. Out by TCU. Oh, okay. But that was another world for me. Yeah. Uh, because I grew up in California. Um, I, you know, and and my my mother was bohemian and you know we I was basically colorblind yeah <laughs> and so I get to Texas and uh, Fort Worth and I walk into a department store and I was six years old mm. I remember this vividly uh, Stripling's department store yeah okay. and there were two water fa- fountains there one said colored and one said white wow 
And I went up to the colored one, and I turned it on because I wanted to see the colored water. <laughs> wow. And, yeah. it, it, and my grandfather said, no, you're supposed to take the one that says white. And I did not understand that. Wow. It's, it's amazing how, uh, and I think I may even ask you this, Craig, you know, when we were talking, maybe it was the Faith Podcast, yeah. what it must have been like growing up in Texas during, you know, because that's when they started doing the busings and the uh, the integration. Yeah, when I was in the second grade. That's yeah. When, that's when the great desegregation uh, experiment began. So uh, I really, you know, being so young, I really didn't, like you, I just looked at all this kind of, you know, uh, discrimination and wonderment, not understanding it, and kind of looking back on it, I'm kind of glad I did. Yes. You know, even though, you know, I kind of grew up with it around me, I, I felt as though it never really entered my brain or heart in a way that's kind of was taught right. to, you know, people. <laughs> you know? As they say, you've got to be carefully taught. <laughs> yes, you do have to be carefully taught. What a blessing that you were, like, out here and, like, immune from it for during during your first six years. Anyway. I truly was, and yeah. uh, it was just, it was a little blip on the screen to go there, you know, in the summer and see this, mm-hmm. but I couldn't wait to get back to California. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I totally people hear people you. People were people. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> and there's one other, uh, so apparently, I guess this is today, a deadly shooting in ca- inside a California Costco, and I'm just reading this right now. I mean, there's been so many shootings. I, I have a fear that we're developing a callus, like, oh, there's another shooting. Well, how many people? Well, we're not, it's not as much as what it was last week. I mean, I just wonder, and it's funny because, you know, when we do, we're doing Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, and Susan Evans tells the audience when she's around, listen, there is a gunshot, so don't be alarmed. And, you know, because she cares about people's sensitivity when it comes to yeah. gun violence or whatever. But I do wonder, um, have we... Has it become so blasé? Has it become just so it's such a natural part of American life that you know there will always be shootings? Well, I, 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 I think it's, I think we don't really we we still live in a society that doesn't see it as realistic. Yeah. Until it happens to them, you know, and more and more it's happening to kind of quote unquote this this would never happen here places. Yeah. You know, churches, schools. Yeah. You know, yeah. Public places that you feel safe. A grocery store, mm-hmm. a Costco. You know. Kathy, let me ask you this question. Did your dad ever have a gun in the house? Uh, he was a hunter, so okay, he, yeah. he, he did have a hunting gun, but uh, I rarely, if ever, saw it. And yeah. uh, he, was, he kept it under lock and key. I hear you. And I hear you. Uh, he was very much into gun safety, but... Uh, no, he, this we weren't a gun-loving family. By well, any, yeah, well, that's good. But, yeah. you know, being from Texas, they have to go out and shoot birds, I guess, for once in a while. So yeah. my dad didn't ever get into that either. Yeah. yeah even though all of his peers would want to take him. Mm-hmm. You know, let's go to the range. Or let's go shoot things. Yeah. Going to shoot things, apparently, well, there wasn't a lot to do. Yeah. You know, back <laughs> <in the> <laughs> that's that's true. So I guess going to shoot If there wasn't a college football game going on. But I don't think they thought about shooting each other. Yeah. Or anybody else. But it's interesting. Uh, in our show, uh, you mentioned we there is a gunshot. Uh, we have a whole gun protocol. That's now. right. I've never seen that backstage before. Yeah. yeah. And, of course, the gun has no capability of shooting. But it's the protocol that's still necessary, and it's it's fantastic. You know, Marshall doesn't give me the gun until the very last minute, and she he takes it off of stage at the very last minute to make sure nobody plays with the gun mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I think it's it's absolutely essential. Every every theater should do that. 
Well, you know, I mean, anything could happen. I mean, it, it could, you know, somebody who's not supposed to use the gun or not supposed to have it could could take it and it could and and you know be provocative in some way. Sure. Whether it works or doesn't. Yeah. You know, I'm a I'm, I'm type of actor. I like to play with my props. I mean, I like to just to you know get the feel of it and to make sure that I can use it on stage and come up with creative ideas. But of course, messing around with a gun. Or let's say you have an unscrupulous actor who may even take it and go outside with it. Now, don't tell all your secrets right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not me. And as a black man, I would never even carry even a semblance of a gun outside because obviously if the police are called and, you know, boom, I could be shot, you know, almost immediately. And, you know, they're like, well, we saw a gun on him. That, I mean, that's the state of the world that we're in. One question I ask all of our guests, uh, Kathy, and I'll ask you, how are you handling the age of Trump? I mean, um, <laughs> Um, were you surprised when he was elected? Uh, utterly shocked. Yeah. I, I, it's sort of like you, you remember what you were doing the day of 9-11. You sure. Remember, I remember what I was doing the day that Kennedy was shot. Yeah. Uh, but the night he was elected, I was in total shock. And uh, I, I've devoted a lot of my um, time and energy to uh, working with Planned Parenthood. Mm. And uh, – Serving on their board of directors. Good and, for you. Yeah. Uh, and I tell you, I, I, I just saw all that work going out the window, and I, I'm so concerned. Uh, and I'm not just a one-issue person. But, sure. But that's an important one to me. Yeah. And uh, to see uh, what he has done and what is attempting to do and the future of the Supreme Court, it scares me. Yeah, yeah, it does. I mean, we've talked so much about how women's lives are affected. Usually when someone's elected president, it's like, well, the law was passed, but it doesn't really affect you, and, you know, life goes on. But here, Trump has just shown in so many ways, whether you're a Latino, whether you're a woman, whether you're a black man. Um, I even have Chinese friends. I had the last guest that I had on, uh, Xiao Tian Kai. He talked about being a Chinese citizen coming to America on a, uh, a worker's visa and how that's threatened. He had a friend of his come to uh, America, uh, the person went to China just to visit family and friends, and she had every intention of coming back, and she couldn't come back because her visa was denied for some strange reason. So everyone's being affected by this, and Planned Parenthood, you're absolutely right. I remember being a young kid. I had a girlfriend. She told me one of the greatest lessons she told me. She's like, you're going to come to Planned Parenthood with me. You want, I want you to see what a woman goes through. And oh. I think she had a uh, pap smear and some other things, and it provided free um, counseling and consultation and and help, you know, um, work for, for young women. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're absolutely right, Kathy. I, I would hate to see that go. And to, to see them try to shut down these clinics, they don't realize Planned Parenthood is not in the business of abortion. Mm -hmm. They are in the, in the business of preserving a woman's health. Right. And uh, that's total health. And mm -hmm. they do a lot, of, lo a lot more things than abortions. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. So I'm hoping, I'm, I'm confident that um, in 2020 we'll have a new regime and we'll elect a new person and, you know, and life will go on. Now, maybe I'm being Pollyannish, but that's the hope that I have. Well, um, you know, I'm being totally the opposite. <coughs> and uh, I'm, uh, I'm seeing that the election may, may fall towards Trump. I'm seeing that could fall. And I'm almost thinking like, well, let's say it doesn't. And then, you know, four years after that, 2024, he can gather up, uh, you know, whatever cronies he mm. did the first time mm -hmm. and come back and do a, another eight years, you oh. know, should he live that long. 
and, 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 and I that and I'm, I'm sorry to yeah ruin your Pollyanna. No, no, no. But I'm I'm talking worst case <coughs> scenario. If yeah. He, even if he isn't elected, the 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 machine mm-hmm. that has put this person in place and it didn't happen by accident. Uh, you know, could come back and with even harder force. I well, think I think we need to fight stronger than just yeah. 2020. We need to fight as if you know this is this is the end of that. Yeah, of that regime. I, you know, this is the America that elected Barack Obama twice, and you know, and I think that we were lethargic in 2016. I think a lot of people were like, oh, he's a joke, and we were laughing more, mm-hmm. not realizing the real threat, you know, that was coming. It reminds me so much of the Weimar Republic, you know, that I read about, mm-hmm. where no one really thought that that uh, Hitler would take power, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, once he does, and then everything that happened after that. People are scratching their heads. You know, the evil isn't necessarily is, of course, Hitler himself, but really the people that brought him there. I don't worry so much about Trump. I worry about the people that got him there. You know, the friends that I thought that I had, who actually voted for Trump. And I'm like, wow, you really know who 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 your people? You know, who these people are? And they were this time. They were mobilized. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, prior, I think uh, his constituents uh, were not mobilized. Yeah. And uh, in the election of Barack Obama, uh, I think uh, a lot of young people were mm-hmm. mobilized, uh, highly intelligent people. <laughs> Yeah. We're mobilized, and it was an exciting election to see happen. Absolutely, and I'm hoping that we can. That you was know. really historic. Yeah, it I was. Also, glad to be a part of that. Let's cast my vote. Oh my God, that's that, that. That's probably one of the proudest moments I've had. Yeah, you know, being a you know American. Yeah, then, you know. yeah. It's first time I ever cried. You know, during an election, <laughs> it reminded me. I, I imagine you know when uh, Kennedy was elected. This is a good time to get into an origin story. Now we can learn about Kathy Ferber, <laughs> and uh, because I'm because I think about Kennedy's election. You know, uh, we were alive when Kennedy got elected, but you were. I was, and I'm sure you you remember. I remember it so vividly. Uh, Kennedy's death came. Uh, my I think my. Uh, junior year of of high school I just vividly remember being in the high school and hearing uh, hearing it and and I was going into choir and I remember our choir teacher had us sing a mighty fortress is our God because Mm. (laughs) we were just we were so grief stricken we didn't know what to do Uh, Wow! it it was really something Um, and then you know after that we had uh, Martin Luther King we had uh, uh, Bobby Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy, yeah. Uh, and it was just like one after another. And I remember I was in, I had graduated from college when when um, uh, Bobby Kennedy was shot. And I just said, the world's gone mad. Yeah. What? And then there was the war. And, and uh, the and Vietnam War. We yeah. were in the midst of all of that. And mm, it, yeah. was, it was a terrible. And the, and the struggle for civil rights and the struggle for women's rights. And it was just. It, it, it was, was a crazy time. It must have seemed like a, seemed like a battle all the time. It was. It, yeah. <laughs> And then Watergate. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was one crazy thing after another. Yeah. Now, tell me about, because um, you've talked to me, uh, you know, off mic, about your mom. Uh, you come from a theater background, so tell me what it was. Uh, so are you born and raised here in, in the Bay? Uh, uh, no, I was born uh, and raised in Los Angeles. Wow. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a fascinating story. Uh, both my grandmother and my mother were professional yeah. actresses. And uh, wow. my mother uh, had been doing um, Oklahoma, uh, uh, the original company of Oklahoma on Broadway. Well, wow, that's amazing. In wow. 1944 yeah. uh, was when that show came to be. 
and she was cast by Rodgers and Hammerstein themselves. Well, that was their first collaboration, wasn't it? it? Yes, it was yeah. so exciting, and uh, she she had a small part of Giggling Gertie, and then she became the understudy to Celeste Holm, and she ultimately became Ada Wanny on Broadway. Wow. Oh. My father, uh, from Texas, happened to be passing through New York uh, on his way overseas to fight in World War II. He was a pilot. And uh, uh, someone had told him, oh, I know this woman, and she, she's in the cast of Oklahoma, and maybe she could get you a ticket for the show. So he calls my mother, blind, <laughs> just mm. calls her up. She gets him a ticket. And uh, they met, and that was it. They fell in love and Whoa. ultimately got married. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but uh, that's how they met. But my mother then got a contract as a result of her work on Broadway mm -hmm. uh, with MGM. And uh, she went to Los Angeles mm -hmm. uh, to be a contract player. And her very first movie was Anchors Away with Frank Sinatra and Gene Kelly. Oh, wow. A classic. That's just amazing. A, a classic film. She yeah. played the girl from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And uh, she did a number of films. Um, and then my father came back from the war and she got pregnant with me. <laughs> and that kind of messed things up for her uh, career-wise just mm -hmm. for about six months. Uh -huh. Yeah. And then she went back to New York and did Brigadoon on Broadway. Wow, Brigadoon. Brigadoon. She yeah. was Meg Brocky, and, uh, wow. and uh, the rest is history. She, she just kept doing show after show. She worked her whole life, uh, went into television, and you might remember her from uh, television. She was uh, Mrs. Brown on the famous <laughs> My Favorite Martian with Ray Walston. And you're both probably too young to remember that show, but uh, older listeners will <laughs> remember okay. My Great. Favorite Martian. But it was a, it was a very cornball uh, TV show. Yeah, I remember. I remember Did they have a lot of cornball shows back then? Like oh. My Mother the Car. And yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who played the car? Oh, I've forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I'm thinking Bill Bixby may have been yes, in My Favorite Martian. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You, you you seen this? Well, I remember Bill Bixby later on of The Incredible Hulk, but I know that he did a bunch of stuff earlier in the '60s. Well, so, okay. yeah. Well, but these Bill early Bixby, days of television. Yeah. Your mom, mom said like she was like. She was she was in everything. She's she, a working actress. She right? was uh, full time. I mean, she supported me. <laughs> yeah, Wonderful. yeah. She put me through college with my favorite Martian money. Uh, yeah, but, I hear you. Cool. But uh, but my father was opposed to my becoming an actress. He said, oh. No, no. There's we, we don't need any more need yeah. any more actors in the family. Uh, so he discouraged me when I went to Cal uh, to study drama. But I secretly studied drama. <laughs> uh -huh. Now now let me ask you this, Kathy. Uh, do you have any siblings? Are you the only no, child? I'm You're an the only, only child. Wow. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. So now, did, were you involved in theater, let's say, when you were a child? I mean, did your mom try to get you work doing commercials and things like that? Well, I did do some work uh, with her, and I, I toured with her for three years. She was in the National Company of Guys and Dolls. Huh. And we toured all over the United States for three years. Wow. Every city in the United States. And I pretty much watched as many shows as possible from mm -hmm. backstage. So I got my first training from just sitting in the wings on a stool watching the performance. Wow, that is just amazing. Yeah, it was a, a great opportunity for me. Yeah. How old were you then? Uh, from the time I was three until I was six. I mean, imagine a four-year-old sitting on a stool, but I was. They yeah. didn't, I didn't have a babysitter. I would just it sounds like you were, It sounds like you were very obedient, and it also sounds like your mom was very headstrong. I'm sure your husband, I mean, I'm sorry, your <laughs> father must have said, I don't like this, and no. you know, your mom was like, 
I don't care. No, and I was with, she wanted me with her, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and I had a lot of fun hanging out with the chorus girls because uh, you know actually in that show they were strippers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know that's their job, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I hung out with the strippers as cool. a. A four or five-year-old, and I thought there's nothing wrong with this. Uh-huh. <laughs> These are beautiful people. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, it was a lot of fun, and so that's where I got my yeah. first start. When did you first jump on stage? What was your, what was your first role? Uh, I did a show with Mother. Um, uh, it was um, Annie Get Your Gun. Ah. Uh, I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. And, and who uh, are you? I was her uh, one of her si- siblings. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, You're one of the kids. One of the kids? One of the kids in the show. Right and and uh, I got to uh, perform with her and sing with her. And uh, we sang Moonshine Lullaby, I remember. It was just a lot of fun. Oh, great. Uh, so, you know, she would do a lot of summer stock. Uh-huh. So I would go with her and do summer stock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where I got my start. Yeah. Wow, that yeah. is fantastic! That's right. That's right. And then you uh, studied at uh, at Cal. Um, yes. When did um, I'm always interested in techniques? Like, did you learn uh, Stanislavski, uh, the Meisner technique, or method acting, anything like that? Yes. Uh, well, I studied with a wonderful actress uh, there by the name of Henrietta Harris. She's no longer with us, but uh, she taught me a lot, and uh, I still have my copy of An Actor Prepares. By Uta Hagen, right? No, no, oh, Stanislavski. Stanislavski, that's that, right. Was that Sonia Moore uh, who it, translated that? Uh, I've forgotten who did the translation, yeah. but uh, I still have that book. And it's it a great was, book. It was my Bible. It is yeah. a Bible of sorts. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yes, and, and so I would say uh, that probably influenced me the most. Yeah, and actor prepares and also, and actor prepares, I think, that re- uh, respect for acting. That's that the Uta, Uta Hagen. Hagen yeah. yeah, that was the one. Okay, great. Yeah, so, um, you know, beats blocking, objective. One thing I wanted to ask you, is it, um, is it just musicals that you do, or do you do sometimes uh, dramas and no, things like that? No, I, I do drama as well, uh, but, you know, I have to say probably my most uh, satisfactory performance was uh, uh, being the narrator for Our Town. Uh, I've wow. done it twice. Wow, really? And, uh, How wonderful. And uh, it really, both times, it is such an emotional experience to be on the stage for the entire show uh-huh. and observing the action, mm-hmm. commenting on the action, uh-huh. and then watching the emotions well up in the audience. Uh, How cool is that? It's... Uh, in, in one performance, uh, well, uh, one production, they had Kleenex boxes literally under the seats mm. because it was such a th- cathartic moment. Mm-hmm. The, the graveyard singing is yeah. very cathartic. Yeah. So um, I have to say that was uh, a peak experience yeah. uh, to perform in that. Thornton but Wild mostly I've done, mm-hmm. uh, done musicals, a lot of musicals okay. over the years and things like My Fair Lady, Music Man, uh, Sound of Music. Sure. Uh, lots of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, the standards. I was listening to a – there's another podcast, a Hit Parade, which is done by Slate, and they talked about musical theater and the evolution of musical theater and how n- today's musical theater is changing. Like you have Hamilton and you have oh. Rent and you have um, – and the Heights mm-hmm. uh, and how you know they're incorporating, I guess, the newer style. Mm-hmm. And kids aren't really focused on the older style or the older classics. Like even when – as you notice, when I just before I prepare and get on stage for Women on the Verge, I sing a lot of uh, the old classics like Rodgers and Hammerstein and the Great American Songbook, and I'm a little amazed that the younger folks they don't know these songs. No, no, they don't. And uh, I, I 
would love to be able to speak to my mother now to ask her, what do you think of the new Oklahoma? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's right. That's right. They received a Tony for the uh, for the revival. And mm-hmm. yes, um, Ali, um, I forgot her last name, uh, the the woman who won for uh, best actress okay. uh, in mm-hmm. a musical, uh, Stoker. Uh, she's she's fabulous, but she sings it country western style. It's like the Grand Old Opry mm-hmm. meets Oklahoma. Oh, interesting! It's yeah, it's a very different production, and um, I'm actually looking forward to seeing it. But it's going to be very different than the Golden Age. Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it is interesting. Craig, do you are there? You've seen musical theater. Do you have any comments on like just the evolution of musical theater? I mean, uh, do you yeah. I do you enjoy watching musical theater? You know, I really, you know, I've always, you know, I, I came up in doing musical theater. I was in my my first musical was Andy Get Your Gun at Casamignana with Ruta Lee. And uh, so, you know, I was the boy, of course, because I was 14. And like you, I was just kind of like there for the ride, you know. And uh, uh, and I came up doing musical theater, doing Andy Get Your Gun, Call Me Madam, you know, just like, just classic stuff. Yeah. I was in West Side Story in high school. And, you know, you know just the stuff that you un- you know. Sure. You know, and uh, and I, I kind of poo-pooed it. I kind of was like, I don't, I don't want this. I want to do Beckett. <laughs> I want to do, do O'Neill. I want to do something, you know. Yeah. I, I, I was sort of a misanthrope. I want to do something really depressing and wear black. You know, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. You know, but and you know, new 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 theater. Actually, new musical theater was you know came along. You know, when I you know when I, when I was in college yeah. and so forth. You know, Vita and then mm-hmm. you know all, all the Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yeah, stuff I was about to say Andrew Lloyd Webber. And yeah. Cats and Chorus Line and Rent and yeah. You know, it's just like you know and. I never really, I didn't really hung on to it, you know. I didn't really hang on to it. Yeah. Hamilton, I'm sorry, I'm just not a fan. Yeah. And it's just I, I, that all of a sudden, just like sitting around and suddenly you break out in song. The one thing I do like about you know the old musicals, the ones from the you know the 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. you know the, the ones you mentioned, you know, yes. Guys and Dolls and, and, and Oklahoma and so forth, is that the music was so wonderful. Yeah. I mean, the music itself was just is you know timeless mm-hmm. and so to be respected you know mm-hmm. just just for the sake of it and well, i think mm-hmm. because tv was new and mm-hmm. you know this is how people entertain themselves and so there was a standard and you know you had to be really you had to have chops you had to be really good composer and lyricist i mean you yeah. had to, you really had to kind of like bring it yeah because this is the way people got their entertainment yeah and yeah so, f- so there's you know there's a standard yeah, guys like thing. guys like Gershwin and Rodgers and Hart and Rodgers and Hammerstein, Cole Porter, yeah. they really yeah. just hammered. You know, they, they and you're right. This is the days before television, where this was you know the um, the Great American Songbook, and this is how they could sell their their music. Well, you know, there was a lot of competition, so you had to be good to be good. Yeah, you know, you had to be the best, and yeah. you had to be you know you had to really you know bring art to to it and thoughtfulness to it, and something that a lot of people could relate to, but yeah. also something that's like. Characteristic, mm-hmm. you know. It's interesting because uh, it, thinking about the newer music, there's Andrew Lloyd Webber, but there's also I'm not sure if he was involved in Jesus Christ Superstar. Mm, I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Which was in the '60s, and it was sort of a musical that talked to the new generation of people coming up, l- t- listening to rock and roll and psychedelic rock and the peace and love movement. And you must have been a young 20 year old mm-hmm. around that time. Yes. It, I mean, for me, it was thrilling to see it, it, these musicals evolve. Yeah. And uh, I, I remember, um, well, Evita, I, I thought, was pretty 
darn powerful. I, well, Sondheim is, of course, oh, one of my yes. favorites. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And uh, the first time I saw Sweeney Todd, yes. I almost fell on the floor. I couldn't believe how powerful that show was. The music is fantastic. Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the music <laughs> is fantastic. I sing it all the time, all the time. It's when, yeah. when did you see it? Uh, uh, I saw it in New York. With Lansbury? Yeah, with Angela Lansbury. Wow. And Lynn Carrieux. And Lynn Carrieux. Wow. Oh, my God. That, must have, that would have blown my mind. Yes, yeah. yes. With the orchestra, right? They weren't playing their uh, – because now they have these productions of Sweeney Todd where they play their own no, instruments. No, no, no. They, they weren't doing that. It Excellent. Was Excellent. Full, full, full orchestra. Full on. Yeah. 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 It, it was just miraculous. But uh, that, that was – the fortune that I had was I went to New York a lot with my mother, and I mm-hmm. would see. The, I mean, I remember seeing uh, the original company of uh, West Side Story. Wow, uh, Leonard Bernstein, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Larry Kurt and Carol Lawrence, uh, who were the originators of those roles. Wow. And again, I was just a kid, but I remember being stunned by the beauty of that. Wow, that is just that. magnificent. Yeah. I was going to ask you: Were you affected just as a um, a person by the whole '60s movement? Were you a hippie? Well, I was at Berkeley in the 60s, and uh, <laughs> it was an interesting time to be there. Yeah. The free speech movement, uh, Mario Savio, was happening my freshman year. Mm, wow. And uh, it, I laughed because my father, being from Texas, he was a bit on the conservative side. and Sure. And it, he was saying, well, I think we're going to have to take you out of that communist school. <laughs> 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 and I said, no, he was going to send me to the University of Texas. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm staying here. This is where it's happening. Wow. And I stayed there four years, and I loved every minute of it. Yeah. And uh, I learned a lot about uh, peaceful demonstrations, and, of course, Mm -hmm. we were protesting the war. Yeah. We were protesting everything. Uh, You know, Craig and I, we just did a a faith podcast on fatherhood and manhood and how sometimes men have to change their mentality because, you know, the the whole John Wayne, you know, shtick doesn't work a lot (laughs) because. You know, you realize that you alienate yourself. How difficult was it to tell your dad no? How does you know to to rebel against him? It was difficult, mm-hmm. uh, and I, you know, I think I, he realized I had really gone to the dark side when I became a Democrat. <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'm a lifelong Democrat and proud to say so. But mm-hmm. uh, no, my dad was. Uh, he, then he later started calling me a feminazi. Mm. <laughs> Name calling, um, but he got over it eventually. <laughs> yeah, so. well, well, that, well, that's good. So, okay, so you you went to college, and then afterwards, uh, did you travel? Did you go to New York? Did you stay here? You know, where did you go after that? Uh, well, after college, believe it or not, I got married, and, but and moved to Germany. Uh, my Whoa. husband was over there in the military, so um, uh, I lived there for three years yeah. in Germany, and uh, that was a great experience to just see another culture. Uh, I wasn't sure what I would think about Germany, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, but it, it was really during still the Cold War. The wall was still That's up. Right, the wall there. You were at uh, Western Germany. Um, we were, yes, and uh, we we did go to Berlin a few times and saw the wall. And yeah, it, it was really a moving moving experience to see that. And uh, when the wall finally came down, it was a, a great day. But uh, but I had some. Uh, very good experiences there. I worked for the American Red Cross while I was there and um, came back, and that kind of spearheaded me into the nonprofit world. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it was um, great. So when you um, – when you, 
How did you get involved? Well, what brought you to the Bay? Uh, well, we were coming back. We wanted to be close. We both had gone to Berkeley, my husband and I, mm-hmm. and uh, we wanted to be close to Berkeley. Yeah. Uh, it's like the, the mothership. Sure, yeah. sure. And, uh, and so we, we moved to Oakland, and mm-hmm. ultimately we moved out to Contra Costa, but uh, – uh, we just wanted to be here, yeah. and um, and I had my three children here and mm-hmm. uh, raised them here. So uh, it, it there's something about Northern California mm-hmm. that just uh, it's where I wanted to be. Not Southern California where I grew up, but but up here. Yeah, and you have three boys, right? I have three boys. Yeah, yes. and I think they're musicians. Two of the three are yeah. professional musicians, and yeah. I'm really? proud to say. Uh, one has uh, is a three-time Grammy nominee. Yeah, and I think he played with Boss Boss Skaggs. Is that uh, right? No, no, but he's he's played with a lot of guys. He's a jazz musician. Is he really? Yeah, oh, Al- wow. Alan Ferber and his brother Mark Ferber is a drummer, okay. and he's a, a very well-known internationally uh, drummer. Uh, mm-hmm. Plays so. with all the greats. Uh, we've wow. had many jazz artists in our home. How I, cool is that? Oh, I tell you, Ralph Alessi, Robbie Coltrane. I mean, they, they come and stay at our house. I mean, it's <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Wow, <laughs> that that is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we always have this starving artists coming and uh, you know they're playing gigs here in the right. Bay Area. Right. They, they need a place to stay for a little bit. Right? Yeah, they do. Um, but I've really learned to love jazz and uh, oh, good for you. and. Mm-hmm. Alan has a big band, uh, so they perform in New York and uh, mm-hmm. and Los Angeles occasionally. Yeah. So. Did you have any aspirations of really making it big, like doing the exact same thing your mother did, or were you just comfortable with doing your day job and just focusing on theater as um, as a hobby or just as community theater? I, I think I made a decision early on to uh, to have it be my avocation. Okay. Uh, simply because I, I knew the toll it takes on a family sure. uh, when a mother is never home. Yeah, and uh, I knew what, how I felt when my mother was gone a yeah. lot, and yeah. I didn't want to do that to my children. So, I I hung around for them, and not, it wasn't it was not a sacrifice. I enjoyed every minute of it. Three kids and a working and being a working mother. Yes, I wouldn't call that <laughs> hanging around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I did kind of like illustrate that a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I really enjoyed. It. Working as well as uh, being home, but I wanted the flexibility to be home when I needed to be home. And in acting, you can't always have that yeah, uh, that cool. option. Yeah, well, especially uh, if you're traveling abroad. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a little bit later when the children were older that I I jumped into regional theater. Okay. And I love it, and I really enjoyed uh, the opportunities that regional theater has brought to me. Yeah. And every once in a while, when I go to New York, though, I think, ooh. I wonder if there's some older parts like an audition part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are some of the uh, theater companies? I mean, you've worked with the Town Hall. I think you've worked with the DMT. Is that right? I, uh, no, I, I've worked with Contra Costa Musical Theater. Okay, yeah. And the old, uh, it was Diablo Light Opera Company, but it, and then Diablo Theater Company, but they, they are no longer, but uh, mm-hmm. enjoyed working with them. Mm-hmm. I've worked with Altarina Playhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, and there was a, a, a small theater company in Walnut Creek called Crossroads Theater. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, a lot of theaters in in my geographic swath. Sure, uh, sure. And uh, it was easier for me to get to the theater, to rehearsals, and, mm-hmm. and still kind of 
take care of the family. <coughs> yeah. So uh, it's been a lot of fun, and and the quality of regional theater has really exploded. I you know I'm so impressed with the shows that are coming out of Leisure Theater and and other theaters that uh, are right here locally accessible. Yeah, I'm finding that a lot of the uh, the theaters like in Walnut Creek or Contra Costa County or um, Castro Valley. You know, of course, the 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 residents are very conservative, but theater companies are really pushing the the the, uh, the envelope. They're they're creating more um, contemporary shows. I think they want to bring a younger audience in. Have you noticed a change, Craig, as as you watch theater? That um, I don't know the the envelope is being pushed, or um, well, I think people, you know, artistic directors like Susan Evans and like others are, yeah. are kind of like my know, closer. I think artistic directors like Susan Evans and others, you know, that mm-hmm. are, are trying to institute, you know, a little bit more broader scope, something yeah. a little deeper, something something not so candy coated, mm-hmm. you know, for audiences. And and you know, judging from uh, at least the I, at least the audiences I saw at Town Hall, uh, you know, a couple of Fridays ago and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, also the, the audiences out at Altarina and Alameda and other places, they've got a, they've got a pretty uh, socked in loyal crowd who wants to come and wants to be entertained, want, you know, possibly wants to be challenged, you know. And so yeah, I I, I hope I hope it'll be more interesting, newer, mm-hmm. you know, more experimenting, yeah, you know, more kind of like getting out <coughs> on a limb, kind of things happening, you know, because you know we can. We can sit and you know, watch the same things over and over and over again, and they're yeah. very, they're very pleasant, or you know, and it's like having the same thing to eat every day. Right, you know? exactly. <laughs> we can't have any and get your gun all the time. Yeah, I mean, and it's, I'm, it's, and it's great. It's great now and then. But, yeah. You know, yeah. And I'm finding that younger actors can appreciate telling a story that sort of com- connects to them, communicates to them, mm-hmm. um, because you hear a lot of uh, minority actors, young actors, say, "Wow." I got cast to do this, but I'm not really telling my story. And now I'm finding this less and less. Like even Women on the Verge, you know, it's really a a story about Spain and, and about women, middle-aged women, and uh, dealing with, uh, you know, the, 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 the problems of relationships. I mean, it's a madcap comedy, yeah. but it still touches on serious issues. Yeah, it was, yeah I, I see what you're saying. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, and it's delightful, and, and the plot is, is fanciful and fun. and. Mm-hmm. I think Susan Evans was telling me, you know, it's a lot like Dario Fo. It's just got this crazy kind of element to it, which is really makes it kind of, you know, fun and absurd and, mm-hmm. and interesting. And I said, yeah, but does anybody even know what Valium is? I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, except, except for except for like, the people who yeah. you know, grew up in the seventies. You know, I mean, you know, do the, I mean, you got people, you got like, you know, young young people on the stage. You know, right? Do they even know what the, the, right, that exactly. stuff is? And Can't yeah, it doesn't have meaning <laughs> for them. You know? <laughs> How is it working with younger folks? I mean, with folks who are generations, maybe two generations removed from you. Um, Oh, I I love, you know, and I've talked to Don Monique uh, Williams about this. Uh, I I just love that she she cast a a broad swath age-wise, ethnically, um, age-wise. It's a very diverse cast, and that's what I love the most about doing the show. And, I mean, there's a young... A woman in our cast who's my granddaughter's age, and uh, I, I just love working with. Yeah, young I think people. Gabriella is 16 years old. I think uh, Isabella. Isabella, yeah. is 16. Isabella, uh, yeah. Yes, and uh, I I truly love working with all ages, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that's what keeps me young uh, is to be with younger people. Yeah. I much prefer to be with younger people and. Uh, 
find out how they think mm-hmm. and uh, what's important to them, mm-hmm. and it keeps you current. So yeah, that's, that's a wonderful mentality. Uh, we've had a couple of ladies talk about lamenting how they used to be on stage when they were younger and they got the you know the young roles or the you know the leading lady roles and as they've aged they've they've sort of um they've become discouraged they're like oh no i'm 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 old now and they look at at acting as sort of a dour way and you don't look at it that way i mean you know no. you're how does i guess what is your mentality just being an older actress and just is it just a state of mind where you say listen i'm not focusing on what I used to be or whatever. It's it's what I am now. That's right. And uh, we all evolve. And uh, I remember, sadly, my mother died at 50. Mm. Uh, it was wow. way too young. Yeah. Uh, young. Uh, cancer. And it was just devastating. But she was just getting to that stage in her career where she wasn't getting the young ingenue parts anymore. And she was bemoaning, oh, what's going to happen to me? Um, you know, I'm going to age and I'm not going to get to play those great parts. So she got started getting the mother parts. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, she was starting to accept that. And, and it's interesting because one of her really close friends uh, at MGM was Angela Lansbury. Oh, and, yes. Um, Angela, uh, look, she's still acting. That's right. And, and she inspires me. Yeah. And, and her other dear friend was Shirley Jones. I just saw her on the yeah. Tonys the other the day. The Partridge Family, Shirley yeah. Jones, yeah. Shirley Jones is now approaching 90, I think. Uh, yeah, She's in yeah. her late 80s. Yeah. Uh, and we, we think about Betty White. Betty White Betty is still White. rolling. And, and they're still going. Um, look at Glenda Jackson. She's, you know, doing Lear on Broadway. And, yeah. Uh, Imagine. Yeah. yeah. Imagine, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, of course, Meryl Streep's still acting. Uh, so they never say uh, that. He, yeah. You know, no. They never say I'll never be Hamlet. Right, exactly. I'll never say it. No. <laughs> I mean, Helen Mirren, uh, you know, yeah. I'm up there with her and age, yeah. age-wise. And, and, uh, and for folks who don't know, you look exactly like <laughs> Helen Mirren. Doesn't <laughs> well, she? I'm looking you. at Helen Mirren. <laughs> 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 but Norman and I, we were talking about Diana Rigg. I have to remind him that, you know, Diana Rigg is in, game, well, Game of Thrones is over now, but she was in Di- Game of Thrones as uh, Leor- Le- Leanna Tyrell. She Dude, was the older She will woman. always be Emma Peel to me. Yeah. <laughs> always. <laughs> always. You cannot. Anybody who, like, does this, and you can't see me, but, you know, flips her hair in her face and then pulls it back with a gun. Yeah. <laughs> turns me on. Just totally turns me on. And, of course, the millennials won't know what we're talking about. You have to look up the Avengers. Not so, be, not sorry, you had to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, she, she was a sex symbol in the 60s. And a rig. Emma Peel. Yeah. And, yeah. and she, is not, she has not lost steam. No, She's still working she's right still now. Amazing. She was amazing in, the, yeah. in her last thing. Yeah. yeah, I encourage older women to you know stay in the theater if if you you're if you've been in it keep going yeah. because yeah. there are parts for you. Yeah, and the thing is, uh, if you can remember your lines, but but staying active. I mean, obviously there there's some actors who they've had a long layoff and then they come back in and you know they, there are. I call it like sharpening the knife. You know, you have to sharpen the knife in your mind. You have to continue to, excuse me, continue to work to sharpen those skills like memorization and and dancing. That's right, dancing. That's right. We have to do choreography in the show. Yeah, yeah. You guys do, man. You guys do great. Yeah. And health-wise, you know, you're doing so well. I mean, do you exercise? I mean, do you? Oh, yeah. I'm a lifelong exerciser. Yeah. I, I believe 
truly in in the power of exercise. I I am a yoga uh, devotee. Okay. Uh, I go at least every other day, and mm-hmm. um, I hike a lot, and I ski. Oh, nice. <laughs> so God, I, you are fearless. Huh? Yeah. I I and and I two years ago I had a hip replacement. So wow, wow, <laughs> that's amazing. No, but I keep going, and uh-huh. uh, you you, you got to keep your mind and your body. Uh, Keep moving and, and engaged and challenged. Good for yeah. you. Good no, for that, you. That, that's fantastic. So what's next for you? What are you, you, on, you on to the next thing already? Uh, no, uh, no, not yet. But, you know, I'll see when uh, yeah. you know, an audition comes up that appeals yeah. to me. Uh, I'll be there. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're at the point where you get phone calls. I'm sure you don't really audition anymore. Oh, sometimes. But sometimes I just, I got to read TBA or uh, yeah, that's right. one of the, uh, the audition uh blogs and i find out what's going on and i think hmm, that sounds like an interesting part yeah uh, i'll try that yeah, yeah. yeah give it a go um how is, is this something that i ask a lot of um the guests um how is the bay area theater treating you there are some actors who are really frustrated because they're not getting paid enough or they're not getting the roles they want some are very satisfied how is how's the bay area theater treating you uh you know, I, I have no complaints. Uh, you know, I, I find that uh, there's a lot of competition out there. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of great people uh, in line for the same part. Sure. So uh, it's, it's not the theater per se, but, you know, you're up against some great, great people. So you, that means you've got to keep your chops up. Right. Uh, in order to stay current and, and stay in the game. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think... Uh, Bay Area Theater is offering a lot of opportunities. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not equity. Um, I chose not to be because I th- think it limits the, the shows that I could do. Sure. I think that's that's a theme that goes around. You know, the minute you have an equity card, all of a sudden, you know, a lot of the doors shut on you. It's, it's just not a theater. It's not an equity town. There are some friends of mine who did turn equity, and now they're moving elsewhere mm-hmm. so where they can actually get paid. And let's see, uh, it's a sad state of affairs. I mean, uh, Susan Evans had said she we had her on the podcast, and she talked about how actors, because of the cost of living here in the Bay Area, you can't just have one job. You know, you got to have several jobs. I mean, you know, we already have a couple of actors who are already in ro- uh, shows right now. I think Paul Plain, yes, who plays uh, Yvonne, he's already in a show. I think it's the same hairspray. show with Stephen, huh? Yeah, he, he hairspray, hairspray, that's right, hairspray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Mara was doing flower drum song while we were rehearsing for Women on the Verge. So yes. it's one of those things where actors have to continue to work if you're going to, you know, sustain y- your way of life. Yes, and it, it's the same for musicians uh, yeah. because I, I talk to my sons and, and you know, they call them the, 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 f- the freeway symphony. Yes, they're, <laughs> yes. They're, the musicians are running from gig to gig, maybe yeah, three yeah. and four shows. But you know that uh, that happens uh, in a lot of fields, and my grandmother was in radio uh, mm-hmm. in in New York, and uh, she was sometimes running uh, four four different shows in one day. Wow! Uh, just getting in a taxi and running from show. Yeah, it was just the life. Huh? That was yeah. the life, uh-huh. and uh, you know you, you were doing two or three radio shows during the day, and you were doing maybe a Broadway show that night. Yeah. And, you know, she just hoped that the taxis got you there on time. Yeah. Wow. That was another idyllic time, you know, the time of the radio and just, you know, like just audio theater and, you know, like um, The Shadow and, you oh, know, all, yes. the, all those shows like that. 
Oh, yes. Yeah, I bet your grandmother could tell them just fantastic stories. Yes. She studied a speech and elocution uh, <laughs> at, Very good. at yeah. Northwestern University. Uh-huh. And this was, you know, in the... You know, 1918, 19. I mean, this was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, everyone said, well, what are you going to do with a degree like that? Well, Guess what? radio, <laughs> uh, and she lived near Chicago, and that's where it started. Wow. Chicago. That is just amazing. And that's then radio a- moved to New York. Yeah. So she moved to, to New, New York. York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. And yeah. then she moved to television. You, you have to be flexible. You've got to keep your ear to the tracks. Yeah. You're like, what is the future now? For for actors, uh, you know, there's going to be uh, more use of technology. Sure. There's going to be other opportunities. Absolutely. You know, Hulu, Netflix, YouTube, you know, all of that. I mean, what is television? I don't even know what television is anymore. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that that is absolutely right. Um, how is your, you know, I've asked a lot of uh, actors because there are a lot of actors who are, are frustrated with the cost of living here in the Bay Area because I'm sure you've you've seen the Bay, you know, from I think you moved here in the 70s or when did yes, you and your husband move in here? In the 70s. Yeah. So you've seen the change um especially w- recently with uh, gentrification. Oh yeah. You know, uh costs are just rising and rising. You're not, not under any threat. I mean, you know, housing wise you're okay. Yeah. No, I mean uh, we were fortunate to buy a house back in the 70s when yeah. it was it, at the time it seemed expensive, but yeah. it, relatively now was affordable sure and uh so it, it hasn't been a problem for us uh and we were both working and yeah and so but now i it i look at young people and and finding homes and it, it's of great concern to me sure are you still uh, involved in like not-for-profit kind of things you know, um, i do some consulting on the side yeah. but i'm not anything, I, anything involved with housing and so uh, forth uh no uh but you know that's a that's a whole area that's uh, Burgeoning, uh, mm-hmm. co-housing, and mm-hmm. and finding alternative ways. I've heard of people trying to, uh, you know, create architectural kind of multi, um, kind of shared dwellings yeah, out, of, out of like shipping containers. Yes. Y- using using, oh, using yeah. no use, no seriously yeah. using federal land and kind of creating a, you know, a, a way of which making them modular and and small communities can live together in small spaces, mm-hmm. share amenities. And yes. so forth, and and this is a real thing. Well, w- I just mm-hmm. read the other day in uh, the paper about these. Uh, you can rent bunk beds. <laughs> you can. <laughs> People, are, you know, are going to bunk beds. Yeah, yeah. I read that, um, and there's some airports where people are actually renting out spaces to live or to sleep mm-hmm. uh, in airports. Uh, it's it's kind of sad. I mean, I, I really do you find it disparaging? I find it a little disparaging. Of course, I have to wonder to myself how much space does a person really need. You know, there, there are also stories where people are buying mech mansions. Have you heard about this? Mm-hmm. Where they buy, it's usually in the Midwest, these huge houses and, you know, for supposedly their families, but their families are gone. And now you have like, a, you know, three people living in, I don't know, a seven-bedroom house, and they just want to impress their neighbors, but, you know, it's really just a waste of space. So yeah. I guess it's your perspective, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited about whatever happens next. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, yeah, we seem like, seem like, oh, it's all awful. But, you know, solutions will be made. People will have to make them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they might not be the ones you want. Sure. You know, you know, but, yeah. but, you know, it will it will happen. And I'm kind of excited to see what happens. With yes. It. And yeah. we, we have to be open to these new options because, I mean, really, uh, we, we want to keep 
people in the Bay Area. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like, yeah. to, I'd like to keep. I'd like it to keep it as diverse and, and open and mm-hmm. free for all, all statuses of people, all economic levels of people. Yeah, you it's know? something that Norman talks about a that's, lot. That's the Bay Area I walked into yeah. when I came here in the late '80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I walked into a paradise. Mm-hmm. You know, people just making art and doing all kinds of crazy things, and didn't really have to worry about, you know, you know, money so much or living so much because it was always available. You know. Yeah. You know, it was always available. When I first came here in 1997, I think my first apartment was 670 something dollars, <laughs> and now. Forget you know, <laughs> forget about it. Yeah. I'm doing pretty good. You know, uh, with you know, two thousand. Uh, get you a parking s- space. Two thousand one hundred. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, here's hoping for the best for everyone in the Bay Area community, especially the theater community. Um, no kidding. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. We want to keep actors here. <laughs> absolutely. We're running into the one hour mark. Um, uh, shout outs. Uh, I will uh, do birthdays. Of course, my birthday was uh, two days ago. <laughs> Happy birthday to yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Also, um, an actress that I know, uh, Jeannie K. Smith, uh, her birthday was yesterday, and I acted with her in 110 in the Shade. Uh, let's see. A good friend of mine on Sunday it will be her birthday, Alicia Von Kugelgen. Uh, she acted with me in Civil War Christmas, and she also did earlier this year The Mystery of Irma Bepp. Oh, nice. She's a fantastic nice. um, Jewish actress. And singer, amazing singer. And her birthday is on Sunday. Also on Sunday, Paul Myers. Uh, he is uh, someone who was a stage manager. When I was a stage manager, uh, I stage managed, um, De- uh, it was uh, Bat Boy, the musical, and he was an assistant of mine. Fantastic guy, and uh, so I want to honor folks in tech as well. So his birthday is on Sunday. Also, Fitzgerald Yabut. Uh, he is a Philippine actor and singer along with his brother, Fortunato Yabut, and I acted with him in Godspell, and his birthday is on Sunday. Uh, who else? I'm looking, looking, looking. Um, on Thursday, uh, Dion Aquino Chewy, uh, her birthday is on Thursday, and she is a, a well-known Philippine uh, actress, at least uh, she was. I think she's uh, settled down now, um, but she was a longtime bindle stiffer, for those who um, who um, bin- frequent Bindlestiff Studios, which is in downtown San Francisco, also Eve Teak. Eve Teak uh, is a uh, she's an actress and a musician, uh, along with her brother Don Teak, and I acted with her in The Skin of Our Teeth, and that was at the Douglas Morrison oh, Theater. I, I acted with Eve and Don. We, yeah, we oh, you know them. Yeah, we did Sherlock Holmes at Doug Morrison. Yeah, yeah there you go. There you go. Yeah. And the last person on, Eve. huh? Just say happy birthday. Eve. Yeah, happy birthday, Eve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on Friday, uh, Ricky Juster. Uh, she is a uh, local Bay Area actress and singer, and I've acted with her uh, in the Douglas Morrison Theater. A lot of times, the Douglas Morrison will do spe- uh, readings of new plays, and uh, she's been involved in that. And I think she is uh, conducting classes. I think she teaches as well. So her birthday is on June the 21st. I want to say happy birthday to them and to everyone in, uh, in Bay Area Theater. Also, there are a couple of shows that are going on, so I will focus on that. Um, of course, I want to push uh, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. We yeah. are in our third week, and we end June the 22nd. We're having a lot of fun, and we invite everyone to come on. Uh, that will be um, at the... Town Hall Theater, and uh, we'll have a link in uh, the yay 
uh, for that if you want to find out more information. Also, the Dark Room, it has its 16th annual Twilight Zone parody show, and that will be at the Exit Theater. Uh, I was involved in that, and then I had to drop out of that because I just had other things going on. I just recently took on another job. But Scott Munson has written a wonderful piece. Craig Souza is um, directing that. I almost said Craig Dickerson. I get the two of you confused all the time. <laughs> I, know, I know. We we get confused. Too. Yeah. Um, and the Twilight Zone series, and that's a continuation from the, from the Dark Room. And Craig and you and I have been uh, former veterans of the Dark Room. Yeah, well, I, I, I remember doing that tw- uh, 12 years ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with Jim Forthumis and uh, yes, right. David, David Stein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, David Stein directed me. I, I did uh, It Was the Millionaire and uh, a couple of other things. And the Dark Room, they did all sorts of cool things. They did Twilight Zone. They did Batman, uh, the television series, and they did the um, – the Gong Show, of course. Yep, we yeah. uh, yeah, we, I did a few things at the Dark Room, basically just because it felt like taking drugs without drugs. <laughs> right, <laughs> it was exactly. So much fun. Yeah, <laughs> bad movie night. Yeah, <laughs> the, the audiences were great, and the, yeah, and, and the comedy was even. It was just fun. It was a really. It was a. It was like it was like watching a variety show. Every, yeah, every night. It's almost like Saturday Night Live or Second City TV. It was. It had, a fl- it had a flavor. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to have that sort of a madcap, you know, exciting fun, you can uh, see that, and that will be at uh, the exit. At the exit theater. Where is that? Which one? Um, it's on t- Taylor. I don't think so. I think it's at the exit. I'll put a link okay. uh, there, um, and that will be. I'm looking at the date. June the 15th, June the 21st, June the 22nd. Also, it ends June the 29th. And so that'll be at the Exit Theater, and we'll put a link there. And those are some of the shows that are going on. All right, cool. All right. Kathy, did you have a good time? I had a wonderful time. (laughs) This was great. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been so much fun working with you on the stage, I have to say. And uh, I I heard Jeff Daniels, the actor, saying uh, that – over 50% of any actor's success is the, the scene partners that they have and what they're doing. Yeah. And, you know, just to be able to uh, work in a in a collaborative way with you has been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. You know, we have, like, one, really only one scene, but it's an elongated scene. So we have yeah. so many beats in that. You guys that. see it. It's, so yeah. it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's funny. I, tell, I told the younger actors, like, well, I've got to do my Barney Fife shtick. Yeah. They didn't know who Barney Fife was. <laughs> <laughs> is that a Valium thing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! I had so much. I was like, Oh no! Have I really gotten that old? But hey, what you didn't hear the sonic boom this week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's my spiel. You can find the A on the Apple Podcast on all iPhones and iPads. Really, any app that you listen to for podcasting, you can find us. Of course, you're listening to it now. But this is what you tell your friends. Um, if you're an old Stogian, you listen to your podcast on a laptop or a desktop. You can go on iTunes. You can go on iTunes. Go on stores, um, search, use the search engine on the upper right-hand side and search for the A, you'll find us. For Android users, you can download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com and you will find us. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, Instagram. I'm trying to get all of them. You can find me at Red Space Clay. You can find Norman at Hoosier Hoosier. Um, Craig, have you, have you gotten onto Twitter, Snapchat, I don't, Instagram? I, no, I don't tweet. You can just give me a call. 
<laughs> and Craig is on Facebook. If you're looking for a talented actor, yeah, you can find me on Facebook. Craig Dickerson is the one, and also it's Craig. Kat- B, it's Craig B. Uh, if you want to, that's at right, me. Craig, Craig B. Dickerson. Yeah, and also Kathy Ferber. Uh, Kathy, uh, are you on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram? Do you I'm do on that Facebook. Thing? Okay. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. So uh, I think I'm on Twitter and, and uh, yeah, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're looking for a talented actress as well, uh, you you can't go wrong with Kathy Ferber. We've had a lot of fun and. Uh, and you will enjoy it as well. It's nice seeing you, Kathy. I hope to see you soon. Oh, yes, and hook them horns. <laughs> <laughs> and as Norman and I always say, we got to find a better sign-off, and we are out.